Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Thank you for joining me today once again, and we are going to continue with our study by the grace of God. I just want you to have a look at our chart. This is the chart that we have been looking at. We are looking at the story of the whole Bible. Chapter one of our story is the story of creation, and we've gone through that in Genesis chapter one and two. And chapter two of our story is the story of the fall. And it's the story of the fallout. So we have been through the chapter one and chapter two of our story. Praise the Lord. So as we prepare to move on to the next chapter of our story, we started looking at two questions that inevitably arose from the teaching that we have given in the past. The first question is, where is the Garden of Eden today? Where is the Garden of Eden today? And the second question how did the sin of Adam and Eve, and obviously the punishment that then ensued because of their sin, how did that affect humanity in general? We said this is the question of the contentious concept of the original sin. Last week, we looked at the first question, talking about Eden and talking about its location today. And we concluded that it is clear from, from the account of the future, the book of Genesis and from the account of the whole biblical revelation that after God expelled Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, he did not intend for human to locate or discover or return to that first physical Garden of Eden. So that was the conclusion then. So today we are looking at the second question. What is the second question? Is that question that is commonly referred to as the original sin. So that that is that second question. So let us read Romans chapter 5. We just want to read a couple of verses from Romans chapter 5. We read Romans chapter 5 verse 12, then we drop down to verse 18 and 19. So Romans chapter 12 verse, sorry, Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. I mean, obviously, you know, there he's talking about Adam. One of the things I want you to see is that when the Bible talks about the sin of Adam and Eve, the Bible don't talk about the sin of Eve. The Bible talks about the sin of Adam because ultimately it was the one that God puts in charge. So in the same like manner, I will be talking about the sin of Adam. Understand that when I talk about the sin of Adam, I'm talking about the sin that both of them committed. So the Bible says, as by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Let's drop down to verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteous, righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So we are looking at the commonly called concept or teaching of the original sin. So the question is, what is the original sin? And how does 
the sin of Adam and the sin of Eve, how did it affect their descendant? How did it affect their, their progeny? How did it affect their offspring? Now, this concept of the original sin is a very controversial subject. It is a tiny, contentious subject. And this concept is a theological battlefield all down the years. And particularly in our days of liberalism and enlightenment, this is a battlefield. So my intention here is not to get embroiled in these convoluted controversies, arguments, counter-arguments about the doctrine of the original sin. Anyway, I don't have the, emp- the expertise or the grace to even do so. So first of all, let's try and de- define our terms and then we'll take it off from, from there. Now, the first thing I will say is that just like you remember when we were talking about the fall, just like the fall, that term Original sin is not a biblical term. You, will, you won't see that term in the Bible. So Genesis does not use the term original sin. It is simply a term, just like many terms that we use theologically. It's a term that theologians use to describe an event that happened in the Garden of Eden in the light of the rest of biblical Revelation. So just just let us let first of all get that out of the way. That this is a term we're using to describe an event that happened in the Bible. It is there, and we are trying to describe what the Bible says in the light of the complete revelation of the Scripture. So the question is, what is it? What is this original sin? Now, original sin is related to two things that we we have to put these two things in mind. One is related to the sin that Adam committed. Obviously, when I say the sin of Adam, remember what I said, we are talking about the sin of Adam and Eve, but we are going to be calling it the sin of Adam. So it's first of all related to the sin that Adam committed. And number two, the consequences of that first sin. Okay. The consequences of that first sin. First, upon the original perpetrators, which is Adam and Eve. And secondly, on their descendants. Secondly, on their offspring and descendants. So we could say that the deliberate mindless sin of the first man and woman in disobeying and rebelling against God is the origin or basis of what we call the original sin. Is that okay? Now, there's something we need to clearly clarify that the doctrine of the original sin does not accuse the progeny, does not accuse their offspring, does not accuse their descendant of the originating sin committed by Adam and Eve. In other words, it does not hold their offspring, it does not hold them guilty of the act of eating from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now that is very, very important for us to understand. God does not say your dad ate the fruit, so you also ate the fruit. That is not what the teaching says. So I'm going to say that again because I think this is very, very important. And oftentimes, a lot of confusion and misunderstanding of this doctrine arise from this misunderstanding. So the doctrine of the original sin does not accuse the progeny, the descendant or all human. It does not accuse us of the originating sin committed by Adam and Eve. In other words, God does not accuse us of or held, hold us guilty of that one sin that Adam and Eve committed, which is eating of the fruit 
of the knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was a sin that was committed by Adam and Eve. They are the one that did that. They ate that that fruit. God told them not to eat it. They ate the food. They rebelled against God. They committed that sin. So when we talk about the original sin, yes, on one hand, it has to deal with deal with that sin that Adam and Eve committed. But that is not the guilt that God is holding. God is not holding that particular guilt against us, against the rest of humanity. All right? So, but there, there's another part of that jigsaw. It is, we're going to talk about the consequence of that act. Now, that is very, very important. That there's a consequence of that act that then have influence and have impact upon their progeny. So to help us understand the original sin, let us ask a few more questions. Number one, was Adam and Eve's fall just a standalone event in history which had zero effect on their offspring? Is the moral and spiritual condition of human, is it connected or disconnected to Adam's sin? Now, this is very, very important. We know that Adam and Eve, they committed that sin. We know that. We know they rebelled against God. We know that. We know the ate of the fruit they were told not to. We know that. But the question is, that event, is it just a standalone event that does not have any effect, that has zero effect on their offspring? Or is the moral and spiritual condition of humanity, consequently, was that connected or disconnected from Adam's sin? First question. Second question. What is sin exactly? Is sin merely a passive external heart that has no corrupting power on man? Now we need to understand, I'm asking you this question because it helps us to understand what we mean when we talk about the original sin. Now one of the things we also need to understand is that Adam was not a regular man. That is very, very important. Adam was not a regular man. Adam was a federal head. He was the federal head of the whole human race. He was a representative man. He represented humanity. We need to keep all this thing in mind as we begin to understand at least something of this doctrine of the original sin. And it is important for us to understand this doctrine because it is foundational. It is foundational to the story. It is foundational to our understanding of what God has done throughout Revelation of the Bible. It is foundational to our understanding of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why I'm taking my time to go through this. So we said Adam was not a regular man. Okay. He was the federal head of the whole human race. He represented humanity. Adam was not just flesh and blood, just like Eve. Adam was a living soul. Okay, so number one, Adam was not like any one of us. He, he is like every one of us in the sense that he, he was spirit, soul, and body, just like each one of us. But we need to understand like he was not a regular man in the sense that he was the head. When I say he was not a regular man, I don't mean that he was not man or human. He was human. What I'm saying is that he hold a special position. I think that's probably a better way to put it, that he hold a special position in the order of creation, that Adam was the head of human race. And that position actually comes with a whole lot of responsibility and also a whole lot of influence. And this 
Understanding will help us to understand what then happened when they sing. But we also said, just like each and every one of us, Adam was not just physical body. He was a living soul. When God created him, the Bible tells us that God formed his body from the ground and God breathed out. God himself breathed out into that physical body, Adam. Adam was a living soul. Adam was not that physical body. The real Adam was the living soul that God breathed into that body. And then we need to understand in the light of this that Adam and Eve are the gateway through which other living soul will be breathed into human bodies and be brought into the world. That God is not going to keep on forming bodies from the, from the ground and breathing into them himself. God gave Adam and Eve the authority and the power that from now on, they will, through the process of procreation, do exactly what God did to them. And this is why this is important. That from this moment onward, what we call procreation actually is a process where Adam and Eve have become the gateway through which other living souls will be breathed into human bodies and be brought into the world. So when we understand this about Adam, who Adam is, that he was a what? A federal head, a representative man. It was not just flesh and blood. It was living soul. And they were the gateway through which God wants to bring other living soul into the heart. When we understand that, then we'll now begin to understand what happened when Adam and Eve sinned. The Bible says that when Adam sinned, he immediately died. Just like God forewarned them in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. Let us read Genesis chapter 2, verse 17 again. We've read this before. Genesis 2, 17 says that, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Romans 6, 23 tells us that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord, and you can see what is going on here. God told them that the day they eat of the fruit of that tree that He told them not to, they will die. Romans six twenty three says the wages wages of sin is death. So when Adam sinned, he immediately died, just like God warned them. Yes, they kept on dying in their soul. Yes, they eventually died in their physical body, but at the moment that they took that fruit, they died. When Adam sinned, first his soul was disconnected from the life of God and he went from being a living soul to being a dead soul. Now this is very, very important because sin is not merely a passive external act. On the contrary, sin has corrupting power. Sin polluted the whole of Adam. Sin polluted the whole of Eve. In fact, sin polluted the whole of creation. Now, when you read the book of Jeremiah chapter 18, it gives us an instant where Jeremiah went to a potter. Let's quickly read that. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear word. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheel, and the vessel that he had made of clay was mad in his in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, and other vessels as seemed good to the potter to make it. You see what is going on here? The Bible says that something went wrong with this vessel that the potter was making. But it was not something that he just tried to correct by, by something. He said the whole thing, he has to make it again. 
the whole thing was spoiled. The whole thing was destroyed. And the Bible says that the vessel that he made of clay was mad in, his, in the hand of the potter so that he made it again another vessel. And this is what we are talking about sin, that sin is not simply a weakness or frailty or, a, you know, just a mistake of human flesh. No, sin is much more than mere external art. Sin is not just something that happens. Let's like just look for rehabilitation. Sin is deadly. And that is what we see that happened to Adam. And if sin is deadly, and if there's any proof that we need to look for in how deadly sin is, we see it in what happened to human when Adam and Eve sinned. Also, we see the proof in what happened to Satan, angelic proof, when Lucifer fell and the angel that fell with him. Or when we look at the price that God has to pay in the presence of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, or when we look at the ultimate punishment that people that rejected the, that reject the cross of Jesus, the ultimate punishment that they will have to go through, that actually tells us how deadly, how corrosive, how overarching, how deep the effect of sin is. Praise the Lord. I think I'm going to stop there today. I know it's a, it's a slightly short one today. Pardon me about that. But what we are trying to look at today, by the grace of God, is to look at this concept of original sin. And the foundation that I've laid so far is for us to be able to move this forward. Number one, we have to ask ourselves who Adam is. And we have looked at that. Number two, we ask ourselves what is sin. We have looked at that. And now we are going to pull all that together because the truth is that all rivers ultimately flow out of the same source. And if you pollute the source, you will pollute all the rivers that flows out of it. And that is very, very important. The same thing applied to Adam. He and his wife were commissioned by God to procreate other living souls. That was their calling. But something went wrong. Something catastrophic happened to their moral and spiritual condition because of the original sin they committed. And Adam and Eve were now dead souls. And they can only procreate offspring with dead souls just like themselves. You know, a polluted source cannot bring a clean river. That source was polluted. That water was polluted at its source. Adam and Eve that were supposed to be gateway to bring living soul into the world, they themselves have become a dead soul. And as such, they could only procreate, they could only give back to offspring just like themselves. As such, their decision to rebel against God has far-reaching implication on the rest of humanity. Have far-reaching implication for themselves how far-reaching implication for the children that came after them. So we are going to stop there. We're going to pick this up next time by the grace of God. I know it's been a short one today. I've had quite a number of issues in this particular broadcast, but we thank God. If you are listening to me today, I want you to know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So you can come to Jesus today because that cross, sin is deadly. Sin is deadly, okay? But God has given us his son, the cross of Jesus, so that we can be saved from the eventual punishment of sin. 
Okay, just like all died in Adam, God has given us grace in Christ Jesus. So you can call on him today, admit that you are a sinner. Ask him to be your savior and he will save you. He will be your father, your friend, walk with you throughout the rest of this world. And when this is all over, you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and new earth. Do it today. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.